You ready to go? Sure, yeah. <laughs> okay. Hello and welcome back to Music at Three Pines, the podcast. Today we're talking with a musician from Longmont, Colorado, just down the road from us here in Fort Collins, Antonio Lopez. We met him several years ago and have uh, spent some time with him over the years. He played our house concert series last December, gave us a, just a really nice closer to the end of that season. He has been busy with a band, he's working in a nonprofit. And he has just completed a very successful Kickstarter account for his new album, Roots and Wings, which unfortunately can't be released quite yet because of the pandemic. He's going to hold on to it for a while. Uh, I feel fortunate that I've been able to listen to it, and I hate to break that to you, but it's a good album, and it'll get out there, and you'll get to hear it at some point. We recorded one of his songs here, and... Um, used a better version he had because Zoom isn't great for this. But we had a great time talking about music and the creative process, and I hope you will enjoy this conversation as much as I did. We met because of uh, you know, a friend in common from Alamosa, and I, I remember distinctly I went to see you at Funkworks. Um, yeah, I remember that well. Yeah, Lisa was out of town, and I thought, well, this will be my chance to go check out Antonio. And uh, it's had a beautiful—it was a beautiful spring, uh, you know, or early summer afternoon. And you know, sat outside and had some beer and listened to you play. And then we chatted some, and and it feels like then we. But what I'm curious is, as a musician, I mean, we're all experiencing this pandemic in a lot of different ways. But as an artist, um, how have you? Um, experienced this pandemic so far yeah you know there's been a a few different waves to it uh early on you know i was pretty heartbroken just in the sense that i had completed a really successful kickstarter earlier this year the old way you would need to have this whole infrastructure of a label and a team to like kind of connect the dots for you but now it's just like boom person to person yeah, that that's uh, kind of powerful. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's so powerful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things I've I've observed, and especially in this style of music, it feels like um, I'm going to use Americana for lack of a better word. Um, that kind of singer songwriter stuff is, to me, almost built in introspective. You know, there there's an introspection that I see in all the songwriters I know. They're very self aware, uh, and and you absolutely fit that bill. So it seems to me to a certain degree, you're a lot of you artists are actually well positioned, oddly enough for this pandemic. I mean, not maybe financially, but in terms of that kind of built in skill to be able to say, okay, what's happening here? What can I look inside? What can I find? And, and I'm curious if you find that to be, is, is that a fair way to put it? No, totally. You know, like, uh, hell we've from day one, I've had to be creative with how I'm, my whole approach to my career and my approach to life, you know, and well, this is a different kind of obstacle than anything I've ever faced, faced personally and anything we've ever play, faced as like a planet, you know, uh, it's just all about finding creative solutions and finding a way to do things as opposed to just throwing our hands up in the air. And, you know, like you say, the kind of music that brings us together uh, it's this introspective, lyric-driven thing. 
you know, and that's what people, that's what's really going to connect with people. Like, I don't think the song just like, like, let's party, let's party. That's like just repeating those lyrics. Like that is completely irrelevant to the human condition right now. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, in a weird way, who knows, maybe it is the perfect moment for these quiet, introspective songwriter types to, to maybe be heard. <laughs> I uh, saw a piece somewhere where somebody, uh, record people were wanting happy songs uh, because of, you know, the pandemic and, and all the songwriters who were reposting were saying, I don't know what to tell you. That's not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you, um, are you finding yourself writing more because of the, the downtime? Uh, how, how is that affecting your creativity there? Yeah. You know, uh, I have written about three completed new songs during the pandemic. And I always have like a kind, a whole man pantry full of ones that are at various states of completion. And for me, musical ideas come a lot easier than lyrical ideas. And, you know, I'm just kind of settling into a new routine of sorts and I'm just kind of feeling a little more clarity around it. Uh, just not being so in that like a uh, fight or flight way of thinking, you know, I'm settled into a new norm or we're lucky to where uh, me and my wife, Georgia, we have a landlord, Steve, that's really understanding. And, you know, we actually were his next door neighbors for seven or eight years before we moved into his old house. He was a longtime bachelor, moved in with his girlfriend, started renting as his place. And right off the bat, he's like, hey, you guys, like, I know you both freelance and I really uh, think the work that you're both doing in this world is really important. So I'm not going to you're always you're going to have a roof over your head no matter what. So that was really good to hear. And uh, what I did was painted the exterior of the house we live in in exchange for some reduced rent for the next several months. And, uh, you know, just picking up little odd jobs. You know, we have a friend, Karen, who runs a garlic farm and just this morning woke up at five and went out there did some weeding and uh you know just honestly and i've been doing the some live streams on facebook and people have been generous through that and you know this whole thing it's just people helping people and just paying it forward and yeah i'm I'm, i know your original question was about creativity and songwriting but uh just getting back to that you know i just kind of feel uh the short answer is yes. I have written some new songs and feeling creative and heck the view right outside my window right now is uh, of our garden growing kind of re re uh, early on in the pandemic. I just completely re- rearranged my whole music room trying to get the vibes right in here. And now I'm getting settled into where, uh, yeah, looking forward to getting down, getting creative. Good. That's, I was thinking about, uh you were so uh, great to share a, a preview of your new album. And so both uh, my wife, Lisa, and I have been listening to it the last uh, couple of days. In fact, I listened to it twice through while I was walking the dogs this morning. Um, it's really good. I mean, I, you, should be, you should be immensely proud of what you've done there. It's, it's a really good album. Um, and we'll come back to some of that. But one of them that you talked about when you played our house last uh, December yeah. um, was New Warrior. Um, and I was, you mentioned at the time, cause I'm thinking one of the things I'm thinking about this pandemic for all of us, but also for artists who are already introspective and kind of, um, 
already thinking very internally is, you know, one of the questions is about self-care. How, how do you, how do you take care of that soul part of you? You know, cause uh, I mean, I know for me when I'm on those real downsides, when I'm really struggling with uh, wondering what the hell is going to happen, my ability to actually get myself up to do something creative is re it's really hard for me to get to. So that yeah. self-care is seems to me so critical. And it feels like that you there, in addition to just being a songwriter and a thoughtful human, you also have some skills that you've honed over the years uh, with meditation and with other kind of introspection to give you that I'm sure are serving you incredibly well at this time. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, that, I think that'd be fair to say, you know, I'll be quite honest, Brad, I'm, I'm not the most diligent hmm. out of all these things that I uh, would like to do more of, yeah. you know, but, uh, you know, I guess meditation and just that introspective nature, it's the perfect uh, kind of thing to think about right now because there's so much questions right now and there's so much unknown. And we could just like get in this little treadmill in our minds of just like, well, what if this happens? And oh no, what if this happens? And you know, the fact of the matter is like things are pretty dire right now. Yeah. But uh, you know, we realize like, hey, we're we're each one individual person. We have things that are in our control and things that are out of our control. And honestly, so many of the things that we really worry about are out of our control. And so many of the things that uh, we really, really could do and practice and contribute, like we always put those off. You know, we're like, oh, maybe tomorrow, maybe next month, maybe next year. And, you know, the thing of right now, it's our society is so built on money. Right. And clearly right now there's there's not enough money to to fit all the need and demand for it. So it's like, what do we do in that case? You know, it's like maybe, hey, I planted way more squash than I'm going to be able to eat this year. But my intention with planting way more squash is, you know, take some stuff to my friends. And, and you know, it's, it's so much of a, everything is really about the intention and the get gesture and, uh, yeah, getting back to meditation, it's just like, you know, we we could get worked up, get into this like hyper stressed out state, or we could just be like, hey, there's a lot of unknowns. I'm going to take a deep breath and yeah. call a friend or go pull some weeds in my garden or right. do the dishes. And, you know, those are the things that we can do right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's that's excellent, excellent advice. I mean, I find myself... Those days when I've been really down, um, when I have kind of forced myself to go, uh, I'm, I'm going to go do, uh, have an intention. I'm going to go do something positive. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to spend time with the dogs. I'm going to um, try to accomplish something. It's amazing how much that makes me feel, you know, better about what I'm doing. So, uh, well, let's, let's switch and talk about um, songwriting. All right. Uh, when did you first... Uh, I, I know you, you've obviously been musical um, your entire life. Uh, you, I, I don't know when you first started playing guitar. Um, yeah. uh, how old were you? Uh, guitar, I picked up the summer between seventh and eighth grade. You Was know, that your first instrument? No, it wasn't my first instrument. Before the guitar, I played the clarinet and the piano. 
and sung in the school choirs. But, you know, there was just some biological changes happening in my body around seventh and eighth grade. And I was like, that red electric guitar seems a lot cooler than this clarinet. So I think I'm going to switch on over to that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, clarinet's a tough one, especially when you're younger. I mean, I, I can really appreciate it now in the hands of a master, but, you know, uh, in, in junior high and high school choir, the, the clarinetists were never the cool ones in the band, I have to say. Yeah, it's, there's, a, there's, that, there's always that uh, possibility of that god-awful squeaking sound. <laughs> it's just, oof. Even just the thought of that, you know, like so much memory is connected to like just the visceral feeling of something. And I just remember that feeling of having like the clarinet in my mouth and the wooden reed and mm-hmm. just like the vibration of it. And if you squeaked, it just still my teeth kind of like cringe a little bit when I interesting. <laughs> so you found the guitar, you found that as a more attractive, which a lot of young, uh, I mean, I, I came to a later than that uh, in life, but um, one of the things that's interesting for me is that, well, it's not that terribly interesting, but but I just for me, songwriting was such a mystery. I I, I couldn't figure out how it was done. Um, and I've seen younger people. Uh, you know, I was around a lot of people in Oklahoma that did lessons, and so they would have these younger people in, and they would have them writing songs when they were just learning how to play the guitar. And I thought there was something really cool about that because for those little kids, there was no you know huge barrier. There was no you know mystic oh no, only artists can write songs. I mean, they just wrote songs because that's what they were doing. So I'm curious, when did you first realize that you could write an original song of your own and sing it? Yeah. And, you know? You know, my connection with music has always been from a, like a creative standpoint. From, from the get-go, I started taking piano lessons in second grade. And even then, you know, you're playing like those four-measure-long songs. And I would just like start making my own accompaniment and changing the rhythms, had little intros and outros. And uh, yeah, I've just always geeked out on that. That was more just instrumental. Like the lyrical side didn't come till later. Like how much later? Uh, middle school. About oh, the same, okay. about so the same were, time I picked up the guitar. So you were writing, but when you started playing guitar, you started writing some original songs. Yeah. Could you say who they were? I'm guessing they were modeled after somebody you were listening to. That that was that was your inspiration. Is that fair? Oh uh, yeah, my early songs they were like modeled after like Pantera, Metallica, Slayer, like just heavy metal. Man, that was that was what I was really into. And it's interesting. Like I listen to that music now, and I can't really make it through it too long because I'm just like, man, it's I'm I need to turn turn something else on but something about just that energy i guess at that yeah. age really drew me in and i don't know about you but uh i never really thought of lyrics too much when i was younger it was more just like the energy of the music and the actual lyrical content didn't i didn't really uh get in tune with that till later on in life I have to say, it's interesting, one of my friends in college used to, we'd be listening to music, I was heavily into it, and he would say, what did he say there? And I and I remember oftentimes saying, I don't know, because I'm, I, I think that is, I mean, I know people who are drawn first to the lyrics of a song. For me, it is melody and hook. That, that's, that's what I hear first. And then I get to the lyrics eventually, and then they, and oftentimes, I mean, that, there have been exceptions, you know, 
but I'm thinking even Jason Isbell's uh, one of his songs off of Southeastern. The song's unbelievable, but it was the first chord progression that got me. So I, I, I really, I really understand that. That's yeah. Um, so while we're talking about writing, since you've, um, what is your approach? If you don't mind, kind of telling me, uh, uh, like if you sit down, is it? Uh, I remember talking to Mark Arelli, who you saw at, at Folk Alliance, and I asked him how he wrote, and he said. Uh, I said, do you start with a chord progression? Do you start with, um, you know, and he said, he said, I only write when I have something to say. Um, and I, and for him, writing is really hard work. I mean, it's not something I think, of, you know, he takes it seriously, but it's not something like some people seem to be able to just crank them out, you know? Yeah. So for you, do you, do you, do you start with an intention that's based around an idea or do you start as I'm guessing from what you said earlier, it's a, it's a musical idea. It's a, it's a melody idea or a hook. Yeah, you know, uh, songs have come all different ways. You know, uh, it's interesting because I do come up with a lot of just instrumental type stuff. But a lot of that stuff's just sitting on my hard drive in various states of completion. It seems like the songs that actually, like, get finished, similar to, like, what Mark Rowell is saying, it's like when you have something to say, you know, it's, e it's easier to... Uh, if you have like a song that has like an actual message where all the lyrics point right. to this one thing, like that's kind of the cohesiveness you're looking for. The closest thing to a process that I have is to just like keep banging my head against the wall over and over and over. It's like I work on a song and it's like I'll look at my phone and I'm like, wow, I have like 30 recordings of this that are basically the same thing, but I'm just right. You know, I've really tried to uh, work a lot harder on just all the aspects of it lately. You know, like I'll uh, sometimes I'll do like a word web where I'll put in the center like an idea. Then I'll just branch out, you know, descriptive things, maybe more sense bound things, just correlation type things. It's almost like I'm uh, just trying to gather as much data as I can. And then like that, that way, when I go to write the song, I have stuff to pull from. Because yes. it's really hard if you're just trying to write one lyric, then the next lyric. Like that's like a, because you like you're gonna be saying no all the time because you're like, nope, that's not it. Nope, that's not it. Whereas if you just have this like page of like, but mm. other people would just look like nonsensical scribbles and like this other thing that's like a diagram. But to me, I'm like, have this line, looking for the next one, and I'm like, oh. You know, fine, it's not going to be the next one, but I'm going to put it further down because it's going right. to be uh, down here. And, you know, uh, I don't know, man. I, I could really geek out on this question. But honestly, I don't, I don't know who would find it interesting and I'm, I might get lost in it. And That's okay. This is, this is actually – Like, what is he talking about? <laughs> this is interesting, though, because I, I love this idea of, uh, you know, because have, have you ever written from a prompt? Yeah. Yeah, you know, as a matter of fact, I have these two songwriting books here that I actually really recommend to to anyone and everyone. You know, there's uh, this guy, Pat Patterson. He's a professor out at Berkeley College of Music in Boston. And uh, there's this one, Writing Better Lyrics, and this one, Songwriting Without Boundaries. And as a matter of fact, a lot of the songs off the new record, Roots and Wings, they're written at a point in time where uh, there's like daily journaling mm -hmm. and prompts in here. 
and they're timed, you know, so there'll be a three minute one, a five minute one, and a 10 minute one that you're supposed to do every day. And I was just doing those pretty consistently for a couple months. And I feel like, uh, you know, that's what gave me the skill set to where I, I did this, been doing this thing I call Winter of Woodshed. And I got this house sitting gig up in Conifer, Colorado. And, you know, it worked out perfectly. It was like February of 2019. Mm-hmm. I went up there, it was like this big old snowstorm. So I was just socked in in this house with no other distractions. And I think like four songs off the new album were completed just like in the span of like seven days. And just when you could like get caught up in the world of a song mm-hmm. for like 10 hours straight and just be totally immersed in that, like I feel like that's when you're able to really capture uh, what you're trying to say and really just uh, process, you know, it's like process a lot of your your life and your history you know like i've never gone through any sort of therapist or any sort of uh coaching or anything like that so i feel like writing these songs is my own way of processing my life i was gonna say listening to the album and obviously the title roots and wings uh and that song very autobiographical clearly about kind of reconnecting or or assessing your roots in alamosa in the san luis valley um i really loved uh i have to look at the name just because uh going to the city which i think you played for us i think at the house show too um i grew up in southwestern colorado i don't know if we've ever talked about this i grew up down by telluride so you know there was something about your description of driving uh the smell of the pinion trees the crossing la vida pass and then and then connecting up with the interstate and how things started to speed up I was thinking about that walking the dogs today and I, I was like, how much I really like that. I, I love that. The imagery in there is fantastic, but it also, it spoke to my own experience in a way that I think was, was really interesting. Um, but this is all part of, at least in looking through a lot of these, not all of them are, are uh, maybe your history, uh, but a lot of them are. Is that correct? Yeah. You know, not, not all of them are first person. Some of them are just more story based with, uh, fictional characters but um yeah it's interesting you know you talk about the song going to the city and you you get more layers to it because your personal story has a lot of elements as my personal story kind of answering this question and also curtailing back to the songwriting question like i feel like if you do your job well as a songwriter there's all these different layers to a song and uh, it's almost like an onion or, you know, I'm, I'm not super technical with computers, but I know there's like metadata in, embedded inside of things. And it's like I think of uh, a person's experiences as the metadata that's inside of a song, you know, because song form songwriting is such like a concise presentation, you know, like, I don't know, you might only have like 50 words or 100 words in a song. So you can't really... Uh, you have to like whittle it down and yeah you know like this one maybe pivotal experience of your youth you say like three words and to someone that's never had that sort of experience those are just three words that fit into the song but someone that has had that similar experience as you they'll be like whoa so yeah it's I don't know. Is, is that making sense, man? Or am yeah, I yeah, yeah. No, that's that's how weird and 
and uh, songwritery on you. <laughs> well, you know, it's, I think it's, uh, well, I mean, some of the people we know in common, you know, Michael Kirkpatrick and, and Justin Roth, I, I did a little songwriting with them and I was struck by how they, and, and I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this in your songwriting work and everything else. My writing style growing up or what I did was, you know, prose or, or academic, uh, you know, unreadable <laughs> papers. Um, and I, as I went through graduate school, I got better at editing, got better at, at finding and making sure that there were no wasted words. And I was so struck by them as songwriters and listening to your songs too. It's the same thing in a song that's three and a half minutes long or something along that line, you do not have room for extra unneeded words. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you can say it with fewer words and get the image across, which, you know, that's, that's the interesting creative part about this is, uh, is, is how it crosses over in all sorts of artistic fields, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to ask you another question about the album, but real quick, because one of the things that's sort of been hinted at here, and I talked about with uh, the band I interviewed last week, these uh uh this inner critic thing that every 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 creative person i've ever known or every writer anybody who's tried to do anything i think will admit that there's that inner critic that they're always having to figure out how to manage um, for sure yeah i feel like i honestly like sometimes i feel like i'm so blocked it's like i, I know i have all this possibility and all this greatness inside of me and honestly, I feel like I'm my own worst enemy sometimes. It's just like anytime that's really starting to shine, I'll like somehow find a way to crawl it down. And, you know, even uh, I was talking about that Winter of Woodshed songwriting retreat and a lot of the songs on the album came out of that. There's one in particular called Flying Like a Bird mm -hmm. that really speaks to that. And like the lyrics to the chorus are, I thought I was flying like a bird, but I was just falling. Mm -hmm. And it's like one of those one of the things you need to hold on to as an artist and as a musician is to just like believe you are flying, even if you might be falling, you know, you got to have that inner belief and that just kind of like fortitude to just like keep on going because there's going to be so much more uh, on inspiring moments to it than like these real victorious feelings, you know, there's like a lot of just like driving home at, two in the morning just kind of be like wow <laughs> yeah well and i think about i mean this was the aha moment that i had when i started thinking about songs or any kind of creative process is anybody we could talk about that you and i admire as songwriters as artists uh, and we could push this into poetry into painting into any kind of artistic thing um you have to know They've got a lot of songs that they got to the end of it and they're like, nope, I'm, you know, I finished it, but it's not, it's not what I wanted to. And maybe I'll come back and rework it, but that's not one that I want on the album. Every mm -hmm. painter has, you know, set aside canvases and said, yeah, that's not going to work. You know, the rock breaks sometimes when you're doing the sculpture. Um, and yet, you know, when you go see somebody or hear them, you don't, you don't hear those, right? So you, you can easily get the idea that everything they do, every song is, works out that way. But my sense is, is that everybody, now there are some, and I made this joke last week, you know, Neil Young um, has written some of the best songs. He's also written some really bad songs. And I have to assume that there's a whole bunch of bad songs he's never shared with us. You know, sure, yeah. that. so I, I am, I am mindful that, 
I love this of, of you persevering through and saying, all right, I'm going to trust that I'm, I'm flying like a bird, not, not falling. It may look like the same thing. And at the end of this, I'm going to have something uh, that's at least worth looking at or hearing. And then, you know, it may not end up on the album. I may end up reworking it, but um, I mean, that, that's, that seems to me, that's how artists do what they do, you know, and that's how you uh, wrote this album. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you got to really just, uh, believe in yourself and not get caught up in comparing because yeah. it's easy to be like, Oh, I don't have a voice like Michael Kirkpatrick. Oh, I don't have guitar skills like Justin Roth and all yeah. these things that are outside of you where it's like, I've always come from the standpoint of like, man, it would be really hard being one of those musicians who's got so much facility in what they do. Cause then people just really want to hear you like play something that's impressive as opposed to just play a song, a simple song. So, uh, yeah, I think style is as much influenced by what we can't do as mm -hmm. what we can do. And just like somewhere in the middle of all that, just like honing in on what's true and trying to turn off that inner critic as much as you can. Like that's where you really find that thing that connects with people. Yeah. If you're just yeah. trying to like compare to other people and be like, well, they're doing this. So I need to do that too. And I need to write a song about whatever. Cause people like train songs and murder ballads. It's like, Hey, you know what? If that's, if that's not me, like that's, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so you are explicitly not going to write a train song. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll write a train song, man. You know, my, uh, on my dad's side, my grandpa, he, he, uh, worked in in the rail yards so that's in my blood you know like that's my father's side then on my mom's side my grandpa was a coal miner right. down uh near trinidad there's there's Love three that. little towns that are up the river there's primero segundo and terceo and it, that translates just as one two three yeah and that was literally like uh the order that those towns were up the river from trinidad and my mom grew up in segundo there and my grandpa, he uh, he died before I was born, and you know he started working in the coal miners when he was a young teenager. He never learned to uh, read or write. And I'm not saying that he was a dumb man. He mm. he just never got that opportunity. He was really intelligent and stuff. Yeah, then he died kind of early from like black lung, and mm. you know when I'm getting stressed out about music and and things, it's like wait a second, like I have so much privilege just being like, this is what I do. I'm not waking up at the crack of dawn and going down in some deep dark hole and coming out of it completely covered in soot, you know? Yeah. It really puts things into perspective. It really does. It absolutely does. I, I, I love that. I mean, I think about my, my grandfather was a cowboy in, in uh, Northwestern Colorado, um, you know, and um, he, he was out rounding up cattle when the 1918 flu epidemic was going through and you know so had these stories that my dad passed down to me and um you know a completely different existence and that's that's part of my past and i love you talking about you know your your family lines and where some of those influences come by and i know that some of those are going to show up in in future songs i mean we're gonna we're gonna hear that that's can, can i ask you real quick one of the songs i really liked when you played it at the house show um and I've really been enjoying listening to it on the on the preview version you gave us is the 42 Ford. 
Yeah. Um, that is not autobiographical, right? That's something that, or is there a connection to that board that you? No, it's purely autobiographical. You know, uh, it's interesting what sparks, sparks a song. And that one in particular, it was like a verse and a chorus, maybe even two verses and a chorus that I had sitting around for literally like three years before it was completed. And the genesis of it was actually I was playing a gig with my band and uh, I broke my A string. I'm, I forget what string exactly I broke. But anyway, I had to, uh, I, didn't, I was out of that string. So I had to put a string on there that was like an octave down. So I, th- I think it was my G string that broke and I had to put an A string and tune it as a G and way octave down. And that just kind of gave the guitar a certain timbre that was real kind of ghostly. Yeah. And that next morning I pulled my guitar out of the case and I just started strumming those chords. And that just gave me like the imagery of like the past, you know, and I was, I've always been a kind of a student of human history to a certain extent. Cause, cause I feel like there's keys to our future that are in, that are embedded in our past, you know? Right. And, you know, I was just thinking of World War II. Yeah, I, I don't want to get into the political side of things, but uh, just the production of things, you know, kind of season. Yeah. Everything started going into war type things. Yeah, I just got the image of this high school-aged boy who want, really wants to get a car so he can take his girlfriend to the drive-in movies. But then he, before he's able to do so, he gets drafted off to war. And in doing research, I was like, yeah, 42. Yeah. Like they Ford stopped making cars and they were just started making stuff for airplanes. And so I was thinking, well, that's kind of a cool image if he was saving up for a 42 Ford, but it yeah. didn't end up existing. And, you know, yeah. nowadays there's uh, people have Google. So people will be like, oh, I'm going to look that up. And turns out there are a few 42 Fords, but uh, they stopped producing them like in February. Gotcha. So it's, it's like one of those, you, you got to have a little liberty as an artist. Absolutely. You know, you can't just like completely be like, well, they made a couple <laughs> two months and so I can't write that song. My friend Kyle Donovan, mm-hmm. we, I brought that idea to the table and the two of us like co-wrote it and finished it out. And just like, honestly, it was like maybe half an hour, an hour. Uh, we had like a little slumber party songwriting thing and we woke up the next morning and I was like, oh, I have this idea that's like half finished. Let's see if we could finish it out. And that's the interesting thing, you know, like if you're just in your own brain, you'll hit a wall where you'll be like, I don't know where to go with this. I don't know where to go with this. But if you bring someone else's head into it, you know, you'll finish it up pretty quickly. Interesting. We've had some people in from Nashville and, and they always say in Nashville, everybody's co-writing with everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I often hear it as, uh, you know, two artists getting together and just sitting down with guitars and seeing what happens, which I'm sure, I don't know if you've done that, but, um, you know, but, but describing this idea of, of you being stuck on it, there's an idea, there's a kernel there of a song and then having somebody else to be able to help kind of tease that out and pull that apart. That's a really cool, that, that seems, I mean, that's pretty magical. That's a great song. I mean, however you guys did it, you did it well. So, nice. so kudos. I mean, that, that's, that's. I remember when you played that at our house, I was like, holy cow, that's a great song. Um, Thanks. Yeah, and, you know, like, talk, kind of getting back to the Marco Rally point it was of, like, you know, writing a song when you have something to say. It's like I already had 
like basically like the plot of the song. Right. It's just like figuring out the right words to right. carry the song forward. And, you know, a song like that, I feel like uh, there's a certain style of story song where it's like, I think of like first one as being like a box. Then first two is a little bit bigger box that advances the story. And first three is like a bigger box that sits under that. And you need to have like uh, this through line of continuity that just mm. keeps connecting, but isn't just like, it's, it's like more like a novel, thinking of like a novel or a movie, you know, and having that uh, actual story to it as opposed to just like an idea or mm. a message. Yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense, especially thinking about that song. And the and Mark Arelli has a one on his new new uh uh well I can't remember which album he did. I played it in the at Folk Alliance, uh it's about baseball. Uh and it has that kind of sense of there's nostalgia, there's you know, all this kind of stuff built in, but there was this story in there too that was really cool. And I I think you I mean, you have several really good songs on this album. Don't get me wrong. That's that's the one that kind of uh, that one and going to the city are both the ones. That, in fact, I was gonna tell you this because I know this is what every songwriter I think wants to hear. Um, after I got done with my walk and eating lunch, I was talking to Lisa and I'm walking up the stairs and I'm humming "Going to the City." You know, as I'm coming up the stairs, I thought that's always a good sign. You know, oh. that that got in my brain and you know that's that's uh, that's. Um, do you uh, would you like to play a song? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I was almost to play like a new song, but then I was like, I was like, if I had a manager, what would they say? They'd be like, yeah, you should play something off your new record. So I was like, oh yeah. It's just, it's... Okay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm open to either one, but your, your uh, invisible manager is probably right. <laughs> To find the words Doesn't change the way I feel I love my crazy family And I always will I know I seldom call on the phone At times you feel all alone You're on my mind more than you know You're walking beside me wherever I go Yet on our paths we march along The hurt of the past is frost on our bones To listen to each other and the truth that we tell Days turn to weeks, weeks into years The lump in my throat is worse nobody hears Still hope springs inside my chest Trickling through the cracks of the mess Share with blood cells what wants to. I wanna share my world with you. I wanna share hope even to 
without love, what is fair? Yet on our paths we march alone. The hurt of the past is frost on our bones. To hold it in is to drown in the well. It's time to listen to each other and the truth that we tell. If I drove far through the night Showed up at your door Would you let me in to talk Or would you say that you've heard it all before Yet on our paths we march along And the truth that we tell It's time to listen I like that a lot. Thank you. Yeah, good thing. Thank you, Brett. That's, that's really cool. That's a great song. I was, in fact, I was just looking at my uh, computer. That song was on uh, right as you chimed into the meeting. So I'm, while oh, really? I was letting you into the meeting, I was, I was pausing you over here on my, uh, on my computer. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. So one of the things I was also going to say, by the way, about your album, that yeah. speaks a lot to you as a person, I have to say, um, is, you know, great songs. Uh, but I hear, I hear people in there who are playing on this with you. And I know the, the kind of network of, of friends that you have around you, the circle of, you know, great players and people, I hope, but I mean, but you know, the ones I've met have all just been fantastic people and it, it really comes together. I hear, I hear, you know, harmonies from these amazing voices and I hear, I assume Chad on bass is just, you know, killer. I mean, it's just so good. And it's just, and that, that speaks to your ability to connect to other people. And cause I, I, they want to be, you know, they want to be around you and then play on your project. So. Yeah. You know, I'm fortunate enough, enough to have a really killer band. You know, yeah. the band that's on the record, it's my band in real life. So it's not like studio cats that came nope. in. Yeah, I just I just feel like I got to treat them good, you know, keep them around. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, I mean, they're there because they like your music and they like being around you and that, that you know, they're they're not obviously in it for the big bucks, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> paying them what they're worth, that's for sure. Right. Uh, well, Antonio, thank you for playing that song. I have a couple of final questions for you. For sure. Um. So one of them is, uh, we've talked a lot about um, uh, people we have in common, or, or musicians we have in common, even tastes we have in common. If you could think right now off the top of your head, um, who is your, who's that songwriter that makes your jaw drop? Who, who just kind of, that you're listening to that just goes, wow? Like consistently or like at this present moment? You can choose either one. All right. Well, consistently, Daryl Scott. Yeah. Yeah. And then, this is a harder question than, than I, than like I 
I feel like it should be. <laughs> but uh, you're welcome. It's hard, it's hard picking just one artist. Yes. You could you could edit out like this like thirty seconds of me thinking. <laughs> but Daryl Scott is fantastic. There's no need to. Uh, I mean, he's just a stunning musician. Uh, just you know, the whole package. So you know, great yeah. writer, great, unbelievable musician. You know, yeah. just, just you know, I'll, I'll turn you on to a record that you're you're a pretty knowledgeable dude. So you might be like, yeah, I know that. But uh, there's this this songwriter down in I think I believe he's. He might be originally from Dallas, but I think he's in Austin, Austin now. But his name's uh, David Ramirez. Have you heard of him yet? Yeah, I have yeah. heard of him. Yeah, he's got this this album called Fables. It's a couple al- albums back, but that's a killer album. One of those artists that's like writes some songs that are so dark. It's like wow, like I don't even know a person could like put those words down on the paper and like sing them in front of people. Right. You would, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't want people to know like those deepest, darkest <laughs> sides of me. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's that's impressive. Okay, I'll check him out. Um, you are. Uh, I know from just following you on Facebook and having chats with you and everything else that so you will talk about music and you'll throw people out. I don't know. Are there people or are there? Uh, outside of americana are, are there are there artists outside of americana that you listen to that you find inspiring that informs some of what you do for sure yeah there's this guitar player Corey wong in my evolution as an artist like i want to get because I, I got this killer band and i would like to get uh to this point where we are almost like change our sound to go with the seasons Mm-hmm. So maybe like in the summer or in the winter we're kind of more like the introspective like singer songwriter americana vibe but then as like spring starts blooming into summer and it's more like festival season like as a matter of fact like my band was supposed to be playing meadowgrass festival down in uh just outside of colorado springs this weekend it's it's going to be a really cool festival i think like darling side was going to be the headliners and uh Man, I was really looking forward to that. You know, we were supposed to be playing Friday night at this festival. Yeah. And everyone coming in to camp out. But, uh, yeah, I, I got lost just... just no, that's right. That's right. That, but uh, what was the question? <laughs> yeah, uh, outside outside Americana people that influence you, and, and you mentioned a guitar player. Oh, yeah, Corey Wong. So getting back to, like, you know, the festival vibe, like, when there's these bigger stages... You know, it would be cool to just kind of throw down more of a party, more where it's about the energy and right, and uh, making people move. Yeah. So yeah. Corey Wong, I've really been digging him lately. That's that's cool. I mean, that's one of the things I find is when I'm talking to people, um, I think I think all good writers, and this is true about people who write fiction or write other, but you know, they're they're reading a lot of different stuff, and so they're informed by all sorts of different styles. Um, and I think with music, it's the same thing. Is that you know. Daryl Scott do- doesn't just listen to Daryl Scott, you know, I mean, he's listening to a whole bunch of people um, as he's being his creative self. And that, and that's, that's true, you know, for, I think everybody who's serious about this, that they, cause good, good writing is good writing, right. You know, or good playing is good playing. It doesn't matter what the, what the genre is, you know, yeah. on, on, on that note, by the way, I have a, a question, which is, uh, as I admitted, the last time I asked this is <laughs> kind of a ridiculous question. But yeah. it's still fun. 
Yeah. So do you have a guilty pleasure music that you listen to that you're willing to admit to me? Oh, you know what, man? I have no shame to any of the music that I listen to. Like, I'll, I'll, I won't turn it off. Like, if someone's coming and be like, oh, I want to switch it to something that's cooler. You know, like, I, I, I've, maybe it's something to do with growing up in a small town, but I don't really differentiate as much between, like, genres and different things. You know, I just kind of dig whatever I gravitate towards for whatever reason. But uh, closest thing to a guilty pleasure, well, there, there's this, this band. This is kind of funny. So there's this group called Chromio, who is kind of more like, uh, man, I'm, I'm so on hip, I don't even really know what style of, of music it is. But it's something that kids these days listen to more of, you know? Right. And I guess it's a type of band where it is kind of, there are like electronic elements to it. Yeah. And they also do sing, and and the dude's like a really sick guitar player as well. So uh, me and Georgia, we we went. They were gonna be doing doing the show down in Denver, and we went to the show. But it turns out that like this was like a DJ set, so they were the band wasn't really performing. They were just being DJs. So like, and these kind of shows, man. I'm used to like folk music shows that are done like at nine nine thirty. So this show started like at 10 right. there was like the opening dj and we're like there like at like one in the morning they like could just come on and it's like it turns out that they were just standing up there with the lights and like you know and i was just like wow like so i guess chromio is a guilty pleasure of mine thank you for for spending you know part of your afternoon with me and um we'll uh we'll do we'll have to do this again down the road maybe maybe when it gets closer to an actual release of your um uh, of your album we'll we'll get together and talk about that or something uh, who knows maybe no one will be listening to my podcast but <laughs> that's, oh, man, it's, that's a different question brad i i feel like you're you're talking about me whenever you mention my name and oh. and uh you know people have good things to say it's like brad and lisa lisa Rayleigh. like you the world needs more people like you oh. and honestly i feel like people like you are going to serve some of the most important roles moving forward as a music community. Oh, that's, you know, and, uh, that's really, I thank you. That's, that's, that's lovely. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I, I hope to live up to that. That's what I know. Hey man, you, you've already lived up to that tenfold. Well, thank you. Yeah, truly. Thank you. Uh, thanks to Antonio Lopez for spending some time with us. And I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. I know I did. Uh, I will put uh, his uh, tip jar information in the uh, podcast description as well as a link to his website. And um, you can all be looking forward to hearing his album when it's uh, finally released, hopefully when this pandemic is uh, under control. So here's hoping you're out there keeping safe and listening to good music. Thank you.